Good morning, good afternoon. I uh, don't know when you're watching this, but uh, uh, welcome to the next episode of, of, of Take Heart. Uh, before we get started, let's just, let's just go, to the, go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for giving us the opportunity to, to, openly, um, to openly seek you, Lord, to openly read your word, to have a conversation of you, Lord and um, just to enjoy what you left for us, Lord. So I pray that uh, anyone who would hear my voice would, uh, would hear your voice over mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, um, I'm gonna do something a little bit different today. I wanna do a devotional and I wanna be upfront that I'm not gonna finish the section. So your homework today or uh, whenever you're doing this would be to finish, to, to wherever we start, wherever we leave off, for you to dig in and see what the Lord has for you. So um, I want to start off by a question, just asking the question of, uh, have you ever been in no man's land with the Lord? And what I mean by that is either you've had a mountaintop experience and now you've come down. You're not quite in a valley, but you're, you're, you're not quite at the mountaintop either. Or um, have you had some plans or goals that you are certain that God has given you? However, they're not quite going as planned. Um, it could be a new job, it could be a ministry, um, devotions with your spouse, with your children, just anything. And uh, you had these goals and you're not quite meeting them or you don't know if you're on track anymore. Um, I want you to think about, I know oftentimes I think about how I'm feeling uh, in those moments of, uh, of slack almost. Uh, am, I, am I positive? Are, are you confident? Are you hopeful? Are you content with where you are in the journey, so to speak? Or are you negative? Um, are you ashamed of your lack of progress? Are you skeptical of, of, did the Lord really call me to this or not? What's going on here? Or are you anxious? Um, in those moments when, we, when we're negative, and I'm speaking of myself, I have to ask myself, what behaviors do I return to? A lot of times, um, when we feel like we're out of direction, we kind of go back to something old. And then other times we run to something new and um, God may not have called us to, to either one of those. So when that happens to me personally, I go to a, a specific place in the scriptures. And um, honestly, I was there this week. So I, I said, you know what, let's share this with everybody. Let's, let's not be stingy, but uh, so if you would, turn your Bibles to John chapter 21 and uh, We'll get started. 21, verse 1, it says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples um, by the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Uh, verse 2 says this, it says, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said, they said to him, we're going, going with you also. They went out immediately and got in a boat. And that night they caught nothing. So um, you got to kind of understand where you are in the story. These guys have had the ultimate Jesus experience. They've, they've walked with him for three years. Um, they've seen the, the death, burial, and resurrection. And now they're kind of in the, in the in-between. They're waiting on the Lord to... Uh, to come give them direction. So 
they return to some old comforts. They, they, they go back to the boat, right? Um, some old habits is not necessarily a sin to fish, right? Everybody has hobbies. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but these people per se, these disciples are going back to something old. And um, one thing we have to realize when we do that is that we are, dare I say, ruined for the old. The Lord has called these guys, um, Corinthians, well, let me not get ahead of myself. First Corinthians says this, second Corinthians, second Corinthians 5, 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Specifically for these guys, when Jesus called them, he says, follow me. And this is Mark 1, 17. It says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In that process and in your process, as God has created you new, it's not really appropriate for you to look back. Um, again, I'm not saying that you can't enjoy the things that you used to do, and things of God, of course, but, but if God has called you to something different, you need to walk in that. And um, you won't be comfortable, you won't be comfortable somewhere else. So the application is just, what has God called you to do? Um, one thing we know is God has told us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we know at a minimum what we do, whether it's fishing or, or golfing or whatever. If it becomes our focus and we're not leading others to Christ, we really need to look at ourselves and say, how am I lining up here? Um, moving on to verse 4, it says this, it says, but when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet his disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And I love their answer because it's super short. No. And I think this is kind of comical relief for Jesus, right? He catches them back in the boat, uh, doing something they're used to, doing something that they're comfortable with. And he's asking them to evaluate their situation. He's saying, hey guys, I know you're fishing, but did you catch anything? And I also see that it's the frustration from, from the disciples. Um, they go back to something that they're supposed to be experts at. Um, it's supposed to be relaxing for them. Uh, and now morning's come and they've got nothing to show for it. Uh, I think that we also need to inspect the fruit of what we're laboring at. And when I say fruit, I mean how is it being effective for the Lord? How is it being effective for your calling? Um, how are the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in you while you do this activity? Um, sometimes just doing something to fill the space isn't what we're called to do. Um, I think Jesus is gonna give them a vastly different direction. Uh, verse six, it says, and he said to them, and catch this, cast a net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were, they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Now, if you have a reference book, uh, a reference book, I'm, well, forgive me, a reference Bible, uh, you'll notice that it, it, it references Luke 5, 6. And um, for the sake of, of this devotion, we're gonna look at Luke 5, 3, 
through 6, and it says this, Then he got into one of the boats, this is Jesus, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put, out, put it out a little, far, a little from the land. Excuse me. He asked him to put out a little from the land. And he, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets, plural, let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net, singular. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets was, were breaking. So there's a lot in that. And I don't want to go into it in detail, but one thing I want you to understand is that the second time around, when, when God asked them to, to let down their net on the right side of the boat, this had to be vastly familiar to them. It had to be something that they recognized. And for us, um, for the topic here is remember that initial experience when you're in a down spot, when you're in a, in a lull, you have to go back to how did God first attract you? Uh, what first drew you to the Lord? Um, what amazed you? What sh how did Jesus show himself to you? And then I would ask you now, well, how much now as, a, as an older believer or someone more experienced, uh, how often do you rest in that and how Jesus first presented himself to you? What are you doing? Um, I know from personally, uh, I spent a lot of time reading and having devotions by myself. And, and I notice from time to time that I get away from that. And sometimes there's, there's, there's longer spells and I find myself doing other things that are healthy. I mean, from a worldly standpoint, but they're not what I first what I first love of Christ. I want to read you this from Revelations. Bear with me. Um, let's see. Revelations 2, 3, 3 through 5. And it says, Revelations 2, 2 through 5. Excuse me. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say that they are apostles and are not. And have found them liars and you have preserved and have patience and have labored for my namesake and have not become weary nevertheless i have this against you you have left your first love remember therefore from where you have fallen repent and do the first works i'm gonna stop there but sometimes especially in times of change of uncertainty or when there's not a lot of action, we forget what our first love, our first attraction to Jesus Christ really was. And I'm just calling you to go back and, and remember that and enjoy it. Never, don't remember it to teach, don't remember it to rebuke, but remember it to enjoy the time that you are spending with, with Christ, the, the time that you and your spouse, there's time when you and your family are spending with Christ, whether that's um, breaking bread with other believers, just whatever it is that brings you closer to dad. Um, let's move on. Verse seven it says, therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his honor garment for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. I love this verse. And uh, 
I want to say that you got to have a little bit of both of these guys in you. So um, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, he recognizes Jesus. And, and you have to ask yourself that when you're busy, you're caught up at work or you're caught up with the house, with the kids, you're caught up whatever it is that's catching you, you're caught up in it. Could you have recognized Jesus? See, they didn't know that it was him. It didn't look like Jesus, right? It was somebody, but, but John could perceive that it was him. And to do that, he had to be familiar, not only with the appearance of Christ, but the words of Christ, the body language of Christ, the will of the Lord. And he also had to remember what the Lord had done for him in the past. And so how do we do that? Right. I mean, we didn't walk with Jesus. We're not. I mean, I'm not an apostle. I'm not one of the 12. So how do I recognize when Jesus is talking to me when I'm in the world? And it's very simple. And I, I promise you guys, I'm going to try to say this every time I have an opportunity to speak. The first is you have to spend time with him in prayer. Right. Spend, pouring your heart out to the Lord about every issue, every sin, every every concern and completely giving yourself over to him uh, on a regular basis. Then um, you have to read his word. The only way to recognize who he is is to read what he left you about him. The, the, the Bible testifies of him and it tells us the nature of God, the heart of the Lord. So if you want to recognize him and you want to you want to meet him when he's trying to meet you, then the way to do that is a steady diet of the word of God. And then lastly, it's all, always appropriate to follow that up with seeking, not just doing, but seeking to obey him. And in that, it's a mindset thing that when you go out in the world and you know you want to obey the Lord and you're looking for the opportunity, the challenge to obey him, um, God's going to present that to you. He's going to allow that to, to be there. And then the victory is so sweet because it draws you so much closer to the Lord. It's, it's that prayer and that word. It's where, it's where the rubber meets the road and you get to see God working in your life. So the first thing we do is have to perceive it. The second, uh, Peter, this guy's nuts. He puts his shirt on and then jumps in the water. I don't, I don't know if I understand that, but that's what he did. And it's awesome because I don't know if I would ever be that motivated, right? And I, and I like to think I would, but um, this is different from his walk on water moment. It's more, it's reckless, it's abandonment. Uh, we found out later that they're about 200 cubics away. So in that, he's a football field away. And I'm not that great of a swimmer, so to me that's dangerous, but I don't think he was thinking about it that much. I think that he just wants to run to the Lord and he doesn't care how he gets there. He puts his shirt on and he takes off and um, I got to confess that, that I'm not always there. Sometimes I won't even walk upstairs to read my Bible and that's a shame, right? Think about the times when you've turned the Lord down when he's, woke, uh, when he's gotten you up or you've woken up in the middle of the night. God's like, hey, I'm using my name, Devon, come, come some, spend some time with me. I'm like, oh, I got to go to work anymore. I'm too tired. But Peter's example is that he's, he perceived, he hears of the Lord on the shore and he's jumping in. He's jumping in recklessly. Um, when was the last time you went that hard for the Lord? When was the last time you tried that hard to get to him? All right. Verse eight. Uh, but the other disciples came in the little boat for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubics dragging the net of fish. Verse nine. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there 
and fish laid on it and bread. And what I think is interesting about this verse, excuse me, I'm getting excited, uh, is that these guys went out to go catch fish and, and Jesus had already prepared the fish for them. They didn't have to work for it. Um, not only did he prepare the fish, but he also brought bread. So that means like, so bread implies that, that you either go purchase it, right? Or you go bake it yourself. But the, the implication there is that the Lord had prepared this meeting far in advance, far ahead of schedule. It's not a surprise to him, surprise to him at all. And that's a blessing to us. That means while we are toiling and, 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 and being ineffective or ineffective, uh, the Lord has already got what we want and he's waiting for us to meet him there so he can, and I'm sure his fish was better, but that's an opinion. So um, verse 10, it says, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153 fish. And although there was so many, this time the net was not broken. I have no idea why. Um, but one thing that I, that I, I think is interesting is that before they got there, Jesus had fish and bread, but he had them cast a net and catch fish. Uh, it says 153 fish. The first part is that it says that you've caught. Now, he just asked them, did they catch any fish? And he says, no. And I just thought it was funny that um, I love it when we get credit for something that Christ has clearly done. And I think it's, it's um, something to be, to be humble, how the Lord uses us. I mean, he used them to bring the fish in, but clearly uh, without the Lord, they don't have any fish. And uh, for those of you that are in ministry, without the Lord, you don't have a ministry. You don't, you don't have a gift without the Holy Spirit. It's, it's God that provides that. I mean, he allows us to participate, but um, on our own, we come up with zero. Uh, the second thing is why so many fish, right? I mean, there's five people in the boat. Maybe, maybe there's 10, right? So, so maybe they brought some friends. I mean, it's, it's five or 10 people in this boat and they got 153 fish. Now, just practically thinking, they can't eat them all. I said it was large fish. It's not like they've got um, like little ones. But, and we know that Jesus isn't wasteful. If you want to challenge me on that, I invite you to look at John 6, specifically uh, the Gospel of John 6, uh, verse 12. But there's no refrigerators, right? So we're talking about we're salting the fish. Um, they probably can't store it very long. And then it's cumbersome. It's, it's not like they've got a van to haul the fish away. So um, why would Jesus ask them for 153 fish? Now, I don't know anything about the number. I'm not going to say like, like the world's going to end 153 years from now or something crazy like that. But in my opinion, you have to look at what Jesus called them to do. And so my opinion, this isn't in a word or anything like that, but I'm going to just give it to you the way I see it, is that they are supposed to be fishers of men. The fish is likely to be bait. Jesus already pre prepared their meal. Right. They don't have to work for that. Their father's providing for it. But he asked them to bring fish in so that now you've got I'm going to want to say five guys or I say 10 guys to make the math easy. So you've got 15 fish. And these guys, if I came home with 15 large fish, my wife would kill me. Right. So I'm going to try to hand it away before I get home. And so just like before you go deep sea fishing, you might go get some some fish bait. Jesus has provided those guys with bait so they can actually do what he's called them to do. 
And so now they've got a fish story, right? They can say, hey, we met the Lord on the shore. I've got all these fish. Look at that. He gave us fish and bread, which is his custom, right? Fish sandwiches. And then he, you go out and you go and you minister. So, so let me read this note to you. Uh, it says, they are supposed to be fishers of men, which means that all the work that the Lord, that they have been doing, the Lord allowed them to do in order to bless other people. They didn't need to do the work. He had already blessed them. Their father had already provided for them the meal for the day. But the fish that they brought in was for others. And so the application there is, you know, you wake up in the morning and you, you, you're toiling to go to work or you're working hard to have a godly marriage or you, you're struggling through whatever the task is. Does that, are you doing that so that the fruit of your labor is able to glorify God, to, 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 to bring more joy, more Christ into someone else's life? Um, let me read verse 12 to you. So Jesus says, said to them, come and eat breakfast. He didn't ask them to go to work, but he said, come and, and sit down and, and eat with me. Yet none of his disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Then Jesus came and took the bread and gave it and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. Now this was the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So I wanna you, you're gonna have you're gonna need to to go back and read the rest of this this chapter, but I wanna I wanna take you forward in time so that you can see something I think is very important. Uh, so turn to Acts 2 uh, 40 through 47 and uh, we'll pick it up there. And it says this, it says, and with many other words, he testified being Peter and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst all as anyone had need. So continually daily, I'm sorry, excuse me. So continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking in bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So the application for this lesson is God saw that when he asked them to come and relax and be with them. He saw what Peter would do. He saw what John would do. He saw what uh, the other disciples and whoever else was there with them. He saw all what they would do, but he started it with breakfast in the morning, with lunch, whatever it was, but he started with a meal with him with a time of intimacy, excuse me, and closeness. So the challenge for you today is what does the Lord see in you? We never know, right? That's, that's laid out in front of us. But what we can do is we can make a habit of spending that time with him in the morning or, or carving out a time when we can have breakfast, we can have that, that closeness with our Father so that we can receive our direction and that we can remember our calling. We can take the fish or we can see that the work that we've done, that we've toiled over, um, is really so that we can bring more people into the fold. So my challenge, go have breakfast with Jesus and 
uh, I look forward to, to, to going through another one of these, these, these devotions with you guys in the future. Um, as Christians, we've, we've been called to, to see God's word, to live God's word, to hear it, to listen. And um, I appreciate everyone who tunes into this. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. I'll see you guys next time.